0: How are we doing, Dave? Yeah, not bad. We realised that uh, when we do the Tuesday tune-in over on Facebook, um, which we've been doing during lockdown, we had some comments and requests around, um, you know, not everyone's on Facebook, but people still wanted to hear... About the content. There's been some great stuff. We've yeah. talked about bags. We've talked about Battle of the Treks. We've talked about trekking boots, mindset, fitness, loads of stuff. And we thought to ourselves, well, why don't we turn these into podcasts? Because, like you said, Dave, they're, they're sitting down listening for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is a great format. You can do it on the go, put it in your car, listen to it. It's a bit interactive. So you're going to have seen us answer questions and stuff like that. Yeah, it's a bit different. Um, you know, but if you're listening to this, obviously, yeah. um, and you have any questions about any of the things you hear, uh podcast at evertrek.co.uk awesome dave yeah enjoy the episode and uh, we'll catch up with you soon yeah all the best but yeah morning everyone how's it going so hey bri bri hey evertrek it's just uh it's just the two of us today yeah i think the comments are going to come in like a a little uh, a little slow today but anyway hey Stuart. how's it going so
1: um jambo
0: (laughs) jambo valid point valid point did it was was Stuart on your trip with you
1: no Stu went a few weeks before
0: oh yeah nice nice uh but yeah so we're gonna do a little bit of um hey zachariah Zach's gidney was he, well. was he on your trip with you he was yeah. so he's gonna be able to know if everything that you tell is the truth now
1: it's all the truth
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah awesome zach well done to you as well so um yeah, so today's due day tune-in is going to be a bit of a Kilimanjaro bonanza. Um, we're going to talk everything about Kili, but more importantly, it was Jodie's Anzac's. Well, your first time ever at altitude. Yeah, first time
1: ever.
0: Yeah, so it's really interesting, I think, whenever one of the team goes and does their very first ever trip, because we can get, find out what it was like. For the, you know, your perspective on your first time at altitude, what it took to do Kilimanjaro, mm-hmm. the ups, the downs, the problems, and you know, things that you did to had to overcome. I heard Zach snoring was a nightmare. <laughs> um, you know, they had to move him pretty far away. Yeah. but yeah, tell us about it. How are you feeling?
1: No, I'm good um it feels like i've just been thrown back into everything yeah like yeah
0: <laughs> yeah. you found out you were doing this this morning when you turned up yeah
1: yeah I was long, as long as i can put makeup on <laughs> yeah
0: yeah that, that's exactly what um exactly what zach usually says as well
1: <laughs> yeah i know i'm good um just getting back to normal now yeah. i feel like i've been away for months yeah i feel like i've been away for ages but yeah i'm all good it
0: feels like you were prepping for a long time yeah because you've known you were going for quite a while yep. and I feel like for quite a while you've been like worrying about like, did I have everything I need?
1: Yeah. But the problem was that I didn't actually start organizing it until like a few weeks before.
0: Yeah, true. How I do. Things. So you started worrying a long time before, <laughs> yeah. but didn't do anything so, to solve the worry in, until just, a few days before. Exactly. So the biggest question that I've had on my mind was, um, did, did you have anything? Every, did you have everything you needed? Um,
1: Yes, pretty much. There's a few things I would have probably taken like little bits. Um, I forgot my tiger balm. That was and that was something I definitely needed while I was there. Um there wasn't anything particularly other than that, I don't think. Maybe a few different bit of meds, you know, but nothing nothing major.
0: Yeah, awesome. I mean that I suppose tiger balm, muscle relaxants and mm. all that sort of stuff yeah it is very important i'll be honest i've never used it
1: haven't
0: you no i've used it for like if i've had a cold oh no it's amazing like i put a little bit on my chest when i had a cold yeah but um yeah we've got quite a few people finally tuned in now so we've got kita from nepal um darren shadbolt marky v all the way from ferry <laughs> uh minus 20 and Gorek so Shep. Nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh,
0: Gorik Shep, it's, it's often compared a lot to sort of um, like the Maldives, I think, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, there's a lot of similarities there. Um, yeah, I've actually done a really cold night on in Gorik Shep, Mark, where I woke up and the wall was frozen. It had this la- layer of like frost on it. So that was a bowl of laughs. <laughs> but very chain mate, you know, the hard work's done. You can start celebrating tomorrow because you'll be in uh, Namshi. Um, yeah, Joe, so tell us about it then. So what was the... I guess we'll start at the beginning. Were you nervous before you went up there? Were, were any, you know, the altitude or anything like that? I mean, you weren't worried about fitness, were you?
1: Um, Not so much with the fitness, but altitude was the massive worry for me. Um, When I seen the mountain as well, when we flew over <laughs> from uh, Namibia and you could, we were lower than the actual top yeah. because we were on like one of the small planes. And that's when I was like, oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Um but yeah, and it just looks you look at it and you're like, there's no way I'm going to the top of that. That yeah. was the that was the it first. is
0: huge. I am jealous. I didn't know that. So you flew in one of the smaller planes, yeah. like around Kilimanjaro, yeah. but like lower than its summit. Yeah. Oh, that would have been amazing.
1: Yeah, it wasn't what was meant to happen. That yeah. was because we missed the connecting flight, which is another story. But... Oh, I heard about that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you were
0: delayed. Yeah. You were supposed to go from what, just Istanbul and then into, into Tanzania.
1: Yeah, into Kilimanjaro. But instead we went from Istanbul to it was Nairobi we went to. Yeah. And then from Nairobi over to Kilimanjaro. So it was a lot longer. It was about nine hours later than we were supposed to Got arrive. It.
0: But also I heard um, because you came in via Kenya, mm-hmm. they were asking you for your yellow fever. Yellow fever.
1: fever. <laughs> but apparently I did hear after that you should, if you're there for longer than 12 hours, you need the yellow fever. So yeah. it wasn't too much of an issue. Yeah. But yeah, yeah so... um. It was definitely breathtaking when you see it first of all yeah just done
0: you see I was I, I never actually saw it didn't you until because it was so cloudy I got up early oh, one morning to have a look.
1: yeah we had a good few sight to beforehand yeah
0: because it is vast that's one of the things that like strikes you about Kilimanjaro is that there's nothing around it
1: yeah that's to great. kind of
0: sort of give you an idea that there's this mountain range it's, it's like a relatively flat landscape. Yeah. And this vast, yeah. hulking, giant <laughs> volcano. And
1: half the time you can't quite see the top, can you? Because of the clouds. Yeah. So you can just see the sort of the beginning.
0: Yeah. yeah. And obviously you did the Lamosho route. Yeah. Um, eight days. So mm-hmm. did you find it, um, like, when when did you start to feel the altitude? Because.
1: I was saying, so <clears> I didn't really feel it that much. And I didn't take any diamox for this reason. I was, I was, um, had the diamox with me. But I was always thinking, if I got to a certain day and I was thinking, you know, I'm really struggling, then I'll start to take them um, yeah. if that's the case. But it was only on summit night, <laughs> but I actually felt it, which was, I think maybe it wasn't the best sort of way to do it. You know, if I'd felt it a little bit sooner and had the bit of diamox, it might have been a bit easier on summit night. But yeah, yeah, I really felt it on summit night.
0: The thing is, like you said, though, sometimes on summit night, it can be nerves. Tiredness. I mean, that's the one thing that makes Killy such a big challenge is that you know, some people have trekked at altitude before, sometimes they've trekked at night before, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes they've trekked, you know, really long distances before. Killy is all three of those things. And um
1: yeah, the tiredness was on summit night was the worst part, I think. It was just, yeah, you try to get a little bit of rest before it and then um seven hours I think it was up after that yeah no sleep at all yeah it was it was tough yeah <laughs> it's not for the faint-hearted
0: no no um Kevin Holmes how did he get on he says he knows you he, he, he did he <laughs> yeah. really struggle
1: no he was great Kev really? actually yeah yeah um both the Kevs
0: yeah from... who got who got to the summit first did you did you beat Kev
1: uh, I don't know I was in such a daze by
0: myself, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: I'm like was I even there
0: <laughs> I always remember that because um I remember when me and Andy did it and I was just a few steps ahead of Andy sort of on the the ridge bit from Stella Point up to the summit Mm. and it was still dark but I could just see the sun creeping up and I thought oh this is going to be an epic sunrise so I stopped and looked back for Andy and I could see him (laughs) like walking with his eyes closed I'd never seen it before and uh, apparently he said like he would look like 10 feet ahead of him and be like okay no obstacles there
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) and then just close his eyes for a rest
1: I yeah I don't think I lifted my head at much I didn't did make the mistake going up at one point to look all the way up and I seen a head torch so so far up and I was like stop looking up not enough of that
0: yeah um but yeah I know exactly what you mean. I have this same problem every time uh, Kev says you beat her. You beat him. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no one can beat our Jode. Um There's also a Kilimanjaro marathon as well. Are you going to go back and do mm, that? Definitely not. Yeah, because I know he's ran to the summit. Um, yeah, you so, were saying about
1: it, yeah. So,
0: yeah, you could you – could,
1: mm.
0: I reckon you should do that. I've been nagging you to do the Everest marathon. You're going to do it, aren't you? Is it next year you're doing it?
1: It's supposed to be 2025, wasn't it?
0: 2025, yeah.
1: Mm, we'll see.
0: Uh, it's not as high as Killy.
1: Yeah. Do you know with Killy, right? Until I got to around five thousand five hundred, that's when I it just went very downhill.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's when you said Yeah, but that's very, very high.
1: But and everyone's like, it was only three hundred and ninety-five left then, but that three hundred and ninety-five felt like the whole way up. Yeah. That that felt like its own little. Mountain. I wonder which
0: point where five five is. Like, I wonder if Stella points that
1: high. I was just looking, no, I think that's five. Seven. Yeah,
0: because it says on the certificate, I think it's got yeah. like the because there's Stella point and a few other things like that. Um, look, Everest Marathon is on Briarai's bucket oh list. Okay, God. Bri, drop um Jody an email and you can <laughs> um, do the trip together. But yeah, so what would you say is the biggest challenge that you experience on Kilimanjaro?
1: Oh. It's definitely you know summit night is definitely the biggest part of it and the, yeah. the hard the toughest part of it. It's um I guess it's it's being tired and comfortable and then just trying to push through um when you're feeling like that when you feel like you just want to have a rest yeah, <laughs> yeah. sleep um but yeah the summit night was just was, was
0: it was sounds cool. like yeah it's the tiredness the sleep yeah. deprivation yeah yeah. And then I do find that whenever I do a mountain and I, I haven't slept very well, mm. or, I'm, or you have to do it with no sleep, it's very easy for your mind to almost like turn against you yeah, and be like, oh, is. I'm sick of this. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, you, if you're really tired, it's it's hard to chirp up. And And
1: people are like, it's just one foot in front of the other. And then when you're at that stage, you're like, oh, but.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's one foot in front of the other uphill. <laughs> Yeah. still going on and
1: you could feel it can't you you know when you get to a certain point you it starts to I'm not saying so hard to breathe but like you get out of breath a lot easier yeah. than you would any you know doing any other sort of activity um you could start feeling that you know you take a few steps and you're like, <sighs> like <laughs> yeah. trying to get your breath back <coughs> no. No, no it was you know at the other days except for the time i hit my knee yeah
0: yeah we'll get um, to that bit
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah the other days you know I I think it's still tough you know there's you know there's still a lot of uphills up and downhills on the way yeah but I was like appreciating the views and like really like enjoying you know spending time we had an amazing group of people as well There was 10 of us so quite a nice big group um and we all sort of got on really really well had chats along the way so it was it was really yeah. good
0: Ah, yeah. uh, nice my favorite would be actually if excluding the summit
1: mm.
0: which the summit when i, I remember
1: favourite bit.
0: yeah i mean it probably yeah <laughs> no I mean, when you
1: get to the summit of course
0: yeah, yeah. so the the uh, honestly though i i had a it's funny because i i love collecting in people's experiences of what it was like i didn't mind it so much no? <laughs> but but i was used to n- night shifts mm, okay so i don't know, like in my history i've done a lot of night shifts so like get up at like start work at seven and work till seven yeah. and it was a physical job so I'm relatively used to that feeling of I've had enough of this mm, yeah. and the more you do it <laughs> the easier it gets yeah, so yeah, when yeah. I did the so when I did Kili I genuinely felt like oh, okay that that, that experience kind of helped yeah the bit that I really struggled with was the walk not even back down to the camp Barafu. that was fine I mm-hmm. mean it's long and it's that ash dusty yeah, slippy that, stuff hard, yeah. but it's the it's that other walk back down to, I think it's Mweka. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, um yeah, it's the, you have an hour, or an yeah. hour to have sit down, some have something to eat, and then we're going again. Yeah. And you're like, I just, just I just, yeah.
0: Well, you see, <laughs> cause when I did it, I didn't, um, I didn't sleep at all the yeah, day before. I, I was it. too excited. So I was lying in bed and I just kept thinking like, I, I think I checked my pack about yeah. 20 times. Like, okay, I gotta make sure everything's in there, yeah, and I yeah. check it again. But when I did sleep, and I wish I didn't, was in that hour. Yeah. I got back off the summit, and I led down, and I just went immediately. And then it felt like a blink, and I was awake again, and being made to walk. And I was—I wish I'd stayed awake. Yeah. Because that hour, I think I needed twelve hours sleep. That hour just made things worse. Yeah. Yeah. But it's part of the challenge. It is. It is part of the challenge. It is. Um. I think though that probably one of my highlights other than the summit was um Barranco Wall getting to the top. I
1: think everyone liked that one as yeah. well. They again my knee wasn't in the best shape at that point. Um but but the guides were amazing, you know, um helping and all the rest of it. And to be honest because you can hold on to the rocks yeah. going up it wasn't as bad as it could be. Yeah. Um but yeah, it was it was a good part yeah it was one of the best parts of the trip I I mean yeah I
0: remember when you arrive at Barranco and you see the wall wall. (laughs) and you look at it and you do think you're
1: like I'm not
0: going I'm not Alex Honnold like how am I going to get up there but actually when you get up close and personal with it it's not that tricky really a lot of people worry about it because they think it's scrambly but technically you do have to use your hands but it you know the guides keep you safe and keep you on a path where it's not easy to fall you know if you you really have to try hard to kind of (laughs) and and you 50 50 if you fall one way you'll just bump into the wall but um kissing rock did you go yeah yeah Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: i i was it's not as bad is it as as,
1: no and again the guides are there like there's one on the side waiting for you to come over one sort of behind you like they're all there there's no way you're
0: falling yeah i um I remember when I did it, I kind of put my hand in and I went, ah, the guy just ah, he, did, he didn't find it funny. <laughs> no. But um yeah, tell us what happened to your knee then. How did you deal with that?
1: On day two. <laughs> <laughs> day two. That's an easy day. Actually,
0: is that where you got the elephant's back?
1: elephant's back? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't even during the actual walk. So um, <laughs> oh, <right. laughs> I that's so all I did was I like sort of squat to go into my bag Yeah. and my knee just decided to lock yeah. completely. So I tried to get back up quickly, and it was just so painful. It was so it then swelled up like a balloon. Yeah, I was showing you a picture earlier, weren't I? Yeah,
0: thought. no, it was like at least twice the size of yeah. the good knee.
1: But um, yeah, again, the guys were incredible, and and the guys, to be fair, um, they they were like, can I get you some sort of um painkillers? Um, I had your poles, poles, yeah, yeah, and everyone's poly poly, slowly slowly walking yeah. anyway so it wasn't a major issue i did think at the time i'm probably gonna have to go back down um because i i, I can't it's day two yeah <laughs> out of eight so um it's probably not gonna go well but um yeah i had they they helped me out t- tremendously with everything and yeah. luckily day by day it got a little bit easier to walk on it again and by some at night in what i could walk normally
0: yeah at least was it the, so your knee was that just like a cartilage issue or just locked
1: so yeah years ago um like about eight years ago I now i had a operation on it as well um it was loose cartilage so i've had keel surgery on it before so um i don't know if it's just something that yeah. there's a lot of you know you've <clears throat> got the the long drops you've got the tent going back yeah. forth. so i guess you kind of in that squat sort of position
0: quite a bit the tent is i've never found an effective way of getting in and out of it other than just crawl but you don't really want to put your hands in the dirt so i've kind of got used to crawling out of a tent like this
1: especially when you don't want to bend your leg though as well
0: oh yeah like i don't know i would have probably scooted out like a like just put the legs out first and scoot it out
1: it wasn't pleasant getting in and out of the tent
0: no but well done for doing it though and it does go to show as well that it's the team around you then isn't it they come together Um, yeah
1: honestly yeah i i would have i was thinking they're gonna be like oh you're gonna have to you're probably gonna have to go back down yeah but yeah they were like let's just see how it is take a day by day you know we're all walking together it wasn't you know um like everyone was waiting for me or anything like that we're all just walking slowly anyway you know i did miss the acclimatization day
0: that's that's a before you get to lava tower right so Shira two
1: yes yeah. so the the rest of the guys so in the afternoon they did like a little acclimatization yeah. walk i spoke to yes and he um i asked him basically like does he think i should be going on it or not and he said he would be better off
0: resting yeah. it
1: so i had it up on in the mess tent just seeing if i could um you know
0: Yeah, I mean, you are right. That acclimatization day there up to Barranco is, um, it's not a massive increase. It does help. So not everyone does it. Um, A lot of the teams, um, other companies just get to that camp and just stay there. Mm -hmm. But we always do a little hike up sort of like a third of the way up to Barranco and then back down. Yeah. just to give you a little bit of altitude gain and it's purely because the next day funny enough up to Barranco a lot of people struggle altitude wise I mean it's amazing that you didn't it's a testament to how fit you are that you didn't struggle going up there because I was really struggling on the way only time ever I've experienced any issues with altitude I mean Kalapata, EBC four times, Tupkal, nothing like that has ever really bothered me beyond the you know, you, you just the breathe in, the breathe in yeah. and you get like one thing I do notice at altitude is you get that burning in your muscles a little bit sooner mm-hmm. than you normally do. Yeah. But on the way up to Barranco, it was, I just felt dizzy. Did you? First time ever. Mm. Just really peculiar and dizzy. I just, I wasn't sick. I didn't no. have a massive headache. I just kind of felt like I had like an inner ear issue or something.
1: That was my, how I felt on Summit Night though, when yeah. I got to that point, and it just is, it hit me like straight away I yeah. was like I'm fine I'm just a bit tired I'm just a bit tired then all of a sudden I was like oh no
0: yeah <laughs> I
1: was like this isn't good
0: it's strange how altitude gets you because it does make you a bit like dopey
1: yeah that's exactly how you I know? felt I was like sort of stumbling around at one point as well and I was like I, you know like why can't you just walk in a straight yeah
0: <laughs> well that was it it was really like it was a strange feeling that I um I took Diamox at then so I t- I started taking Diamox when I got to lava tower, just half yeah. a pill and then uh, half a pill in the morning, half in the evening, yeah. like, every day then till I got down and those symptoms just went away.
1: Do you think, Do you know, I think I would have if I would if I was to do it again or if I had my time back, I think I would have taken Diamox when I got over maybe 4000 odd. Yeah, I think
0: it's, it's tricky, though. If you felt fine altitude wise until that point on the summit, it's you, you know, you'd, you'd have been fine. You're just starting to feel it like close to the summit. That's okay. Because you can you can battle through that, get up and get down. Yeah. But um yeah, awesome. How did Zach get on?
1: Yeah, he he did amazingly, to be fair, because he was he was really unwell. Yeah. Even before we started, um, he was saying like I don't I don't know if I should be going. Um and for the first he seemed to have like one day where he was really okay yeah. and then the next day he'd go down and then it was like up and down every day yeah yeah um but yeah again the guides managed to get him some medication that really really helped him he was feeling a lot i'm not saying 100 but a lot better by summit night yeah and he did amazingly um but yeah it was it was a tough one for him um you know, he had a cough, and it obviously, he doesn't have when you're at altitude, yeah. you know, when you're walking and struggling to catch your breath and things. So, it was difficult for him. I'm sure you'll yeah. tell tell everyone about it as well. But, um,
0: <coughs> Zach, though, we 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 put him in some situations. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, he thinks he's never going to go back and do Tupacal again. <laughs> but I know for a fact he is. I
1: don't know, I don't know about that.
0: No, 100% he is, because I think oh, I'm going to go back. I've learned to love it now. Mm. and i think it's that um Tup- I say i learned to love it it's not like i hated it but <laughs> the, my experience with Tupcal was so up and down and it's so peculiar that i've been a lot higher than the summit of Tupcal. ding mm. like, Dingboche, there's a snooker table I've, and that's 4400 meters yeah so 300 meters higher than the summit of Tupcal. i've played snooker mm. but for some reason that mountain just, just i don't know what it is it, is. it just <laughs> it leaves me a little battle scar every time I go there. So the first time I went there, obviously I failed to get to the top and I was sick. Second time I went there, I did get to the top, but it was during a winter storm, so I nearly froze to death. And then this time, when I got it, I, I brought back some sinus infection that oh, I've only nice, just. Nice. But every time I go there, I feel like it's a worthy adversary. I don't know what it is about Toopcal, but I just feel like it's good. Yeah,
1: yeah, to do it, yeah. But...
0: but um, but Killy knows that if it just because Tupcal's so quick, you can't really compare yeah. it to Killy. And Killy, when you're on it for the first two, three days, you don't I don't really have a sense that I'm even climbing a mountain half the time.
1: No, it is a strange one, but like yeah, you, you just feel like you especially when you're in the mess tent in the night and we had we did a, we had a really, as I said earlier, a really nice group and we yeah. had like a laugh in the evenings and things. And then you'd step outside and you just look up and it was just like stars and yeah. you know and then you'd wake up in the morning get out of your tent and you're above the clouds and you look you just it was just incredible oh, amazing. like it was yeah like nothing I can even ever have imagined before yeah it's like being on a different planet <coughs>
0: do you know what I think a few people said that when they were on Killy. yeah you have this sense that you're just somewhere else
1: and you can't well it's, like, hard to speak to people for a while, isn't it? I wasn't ignoring you either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, I'd get a text message from you, just like, how are you doing? And then I was like, yes, I've got signal. And I got you right back. Yeah, like, no, oh, it's,
0: it's the, the same. I, I, I would text you and Zach at the same time. And then he. Uh, it was mainly summit night I was concerned yeah. about. And then Zach sent me a message saying, oh, yeah, we both made it. Went through hell. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, brilliant. And then he elaborated that he had a cough and yeah. he hurt your knee. But, um, yeah, guys, don't forget as well that if you have any questions um, about Jody's experience on Kilimanjaro or anything else altitude or climbing related, put them in the comments so we can um, we can tackle those things. Um, yeah, I was going to say, like, so in terms of equipment then, mm-hmm. what would you – so is there anything that you think you didn't need?
1: Um, I probably took a few too much sort of um, – I think I had – spare pair of bottoms that I didn't really need to use a fleece um yeah. I think you it's, it's difficult because you don't want to have not have enough either do you you know um so you want to make sure you've got so the first couple of days within sort of shorts um then you've got I did not it's it, it is difficult
0: it's yeah because I guess the mountain is different for some people so
1: and like we did have a bit of rain at the beginning yeah the week before people were saying they didn't have any rain at all yeah people are coming down um but the rain wasn't to the point where it was you know you everything was soaked and yeah it was torrential it was it, it, it would downpour and then you'd have time to sort of dry off um as you go yeah you you need you need all your you know your waterproofs. Your, yeah, I definitely. I wasn't sure about the poles before I went, but I'm so glad I had the poles. Yeah,
0: especially if you hurt your knee, that yeah. would have made a massive difference on the way down. It
1: did. It did. It definitely did. Um, yeah, I can't really think of anything specific that I.
0: Yeah.
1: I didn't have too much really. It was just the odd bits. Maybe yeah. I just swapped a little bit of things around. You know.
0: Yeah. I mean, the poles are amazing. Like, I'm a convert to poles, a late convert. I never used them for years and years and years. Yeah. And then I went to EBC and I just bought one. I just had one pole. But actually, I don't like using one now because it tends to make my shoulder ache a bit for some reason. Uh, Maybe that's because it was a bit too high, perhaps. But now, I don't trek without them. I mean, unless it's like an easy little jaunt that I'm used to. But if I'm going on a trip, I always, always, always use them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's fantastic. They're, They're amazing um awesome i had a question from Alison morgan who has said i suffered with vertigo in the past and still take megs, meds for it uh would you suggest taking diamox at the start of the trek or just in case <coughs> excuse me my throat is still a bit bad um yeah so with vertigo i guess it depends on what's actually causing it altitude might not necessarily affect it or in any way um, but with diamox, so there's no right or wrong way to take it. And the two ways are that you either start on it. Um, so, you know, you, as soon as you start hiking at high altitude, you'll start with probably half a pill in the morning, half in the evening. Um, and you can then maybe up that dose to a full pill um, if you need to. Or the other one is like what Jody did, which is start without it, see how you get on. Um, and then if you need to, you can always start on it. That's the way that I've always done it, but I'm not going to say that's the right way because there isn't a right or wrong way. It comes down to, one, I guess, your own peace of mind. I know a lot of people, um, if they go to to altitude, they take Diamox. That's just what they do, you know, because it gives them peace of mind that they're doing everything they can to help, and then other people like me that I would rather not take it, not because of any pride issue. I've taken it in the past. It's more because I just don't want to take an unnecessary drug. you know so um yeah but it kind of depends i guess um there's only one way to find out really i guess with the diamox and and the vertigo is to go to altitude i mean you know tube cal can be done relatively quickly um you know there are other places you can go you can go to the alps and stuff for a bit of a holiday and ski in and go and see see how it works um and then when you go on a trek then you'll have like sort of tested yourself and see see how it feels Mm -hmm. Um, John Dyer's got a question for you, Joan Yeah. He says, "How did you find the temperature at night? It
1: was cold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, um, it was. It was. Um, the the first few nights wasn't sort of unbearable. Um, like you could get away with. I had sort of a a, a base layer and a top and a fleece just yeah. on. Um But yeah, you and in your in your sleeping bags, as long as you've got your sort of more yeah what well, we've got the four season sleeping. the
0: rab uh, yeah so the bag you had yeah with the rab ascent 700
1: it was boiling
0: yeah it's a really warm it bag. was so
1: nice so to just like coon in it yeah. just completely like over my head the,
0: um, the other thing that makes a difference is the um, the thermarest blow-up mattress yeah yeah so um that's designed to kind of trap air right Okay. And, and send it sort of upwards yeah Yeah. so you, it traps your body heat um yeah. in the mattress so you don't a lot of the time if you sleep on the ground with a rubbish mattress you'll just lose heat from yeah, the ground yeah. um but this kind of keeps it all in one place
1: yeah and then what i found like higher up then you'd sit in the mess time because there was so many of us it would kind of and we'd shut the yeah the zip and you'd kind of keep the heat in and then as soon as you walk outside you're like Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then brushing your teeth and everything was obviously, um, you know, not the nicest. But yeah, um, but yeah as long as you've can, you've got a few layers to wrap up in. I- again, I, I stuck to sort of just more le- layers and then a fleece on top yeah. and things. It wasn't, you know, um, some people wore the down jackets in the nights. You really?
0: Know? So it's it sounds like it's pretty cold then.
1: It was at certain camps. It was quite cold. I guess it depends on. There was one time where it was like particularly windy. Um, we were laughing. We had was it was by Lava Tower or by War? We had like a a tea party. Yeah. I guess on the just on the side of the mountain but yeah. it was so windy that we had to hold everything down oh really yeah everything <laughs> was going everywhere <clears throat> and we just sat there with our quarter hats and everything on just like
0: <laughs> yeah that sounds like <laughs> usually they do that on the top of um baranka wall, baranka wall it was where it looks it's just a big flat area and you yeah, look at it and yeah. you, you got the clouds and everything
1: and they were saying it's not usually this windy no yeah so we were we were holding everything down they had to like pin everything down yeah it was Birds everywhere trying
0: to get a cake was there Yeah, that was the high one of the highlights of my whole trip was getting to that point it was yeah, such an amazing experience because we got up the top and it was all the guides were there the um, they set out like you said a little picnic yeah. you have um so you have cake and sweets and yeah. drinks um but then our guides were like playing music as well
1: oh nice
0: so um that's the one thing i love about kilimanjaro and it's strange because I don't really have a strong opinion on you know, some people think, you know, if you go to the mountains, oh bye Kate, lovely to see you on Um that's Kate, she was on TubeCall with us. Yeah. yeah, she's a good egg. I've
1: just seen
0: Charlotte was on from mine as well. Oh, Charlotte
1: Alice. Hi, Charlotte. <laughs> Great, what she
0: say? Great checking trekking with you, Jody and Zach. What an amazing team we had. Feels so long ago already. Yeah. 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 Can you believe you're back in work now? No, I don't. Jody's turned up. She's like, Hey, does my laptop work? Where's my cables gone? <laughs> like... <laughs>
1: I was like, what do I do?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? You go through so many emotions in in that sort of 11-day period. It sort of changes you. You...
1: I I honestly felt like I was there for like a month or two, honestly. And then, yeah, because it's so much, you do so much in that time. um, Yeah, it it just feels mental now.
0: Yeah, I find that when I go away. particularly if it's sort of over a week because normally if you go on holiday your mindset doesn't really change much day to day if you go on a beach holiday which are nice but you get up you go (laughs) to the beach you kind of know what experience you're Mm going to have and anything that changes is like a restaurant or a bar all within perfectly normal stuff and then when you go to Killy, though you're like um, you, you have such wild ups and downs yeah. that emotionally you're on a much longer journey than you are time wise yeah so when you come back you kind of you feel like you've come back from war <laughs> <laughs> I you still know?
1: do you know for like I didn't do it so much this this week but um for like the few days afterwards I kept on thinking I was in a tent yeah and do you know you've got the um the mozzie net yeah the, yeah on your bed I was like Am I I don't know like, really, yeah. like, disorientated? I was like, am I in the tent? Like, yeah. I yeah. Am I. Amazing. So, yeah, I was I'm um, very disoriented.
0: Look, they've all turned out. Rob's on you as well. Hi Rob. Is this is this like the Killy group? This is, yeah. Yeah.
1: They heard haven't they? They've um, heard,
0: yeah. yeah. They've heard you all. They on want you.
1: to make sure I'm not saying anything bad about them. Maybe
0: Yeah, no, no. I mean, um, yeah, all the stuff you've told me about Rob. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what a guy you haven't died, You haven't mentioned him mm-hmm. but um yeah no awesome uh what Stuart taylor said I took my thermo thermorest mattress after my recommendation i'm assuming he means yeah sorry my recommendation but the mattress supplied by the team were very comfortable and wider if you're a restless sleeper interesting i didn't find them comfortable at all
1: no there's two people on the trip had the the mats provided mm. and they again they'd said that um it, you know they could feel everything. Yeah. be still. But um. yeah, I guess
0: <clears throat> they are wider though.
1: Yes. And I, they're, so, I yeah. think
0: they're just like a tough foam mattress. They reminded me of sort of the um, the ones you'd get in school when you did P. Yeah,
1: I know what you mean, you know,
0: but perhaps more comfortable than that. But that type of thing. What I find is best is bring your Thermarest mattress um, and have one of theirs as well. So what?
1: One is, one person did do that. Actually, yeah, yeah, that
0: makes a big difference. What I did, so me and Andy both went. I had my blow up Thermarest. He didn't. Um, he was using the ones that get provided, and I said no, I don't need one, so they just didn't carry mine up. But then after a while, we swapped mm. because I do quite like a firm bed. I just can't sleep on it day in day out.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um. But, yeah, same in, same in tube cal, actually. The, actually, the mattresses in tube cal were great. You know, they, they're sort of similar. Mm. But, again, if you want a really comfortable night's sleep, the the Thermos is is really good. What I love about it is when it packs like this big.
1: I did find as well, right, on certain um, camps, they were on a bit of a slow oh, yeah, yeah. and then you'd wake up in the morning and you'd be like all the way down the yeah, yeah. Side and you're like, right, why am I all the way down here?
0: One thing I um, like
1: push yourself back Yeah. Up.
0: So what I did, so one thing I do in that scenario mm-hmm. is I put my duffel bag mm-hmm. down where my feet are. That's a good idea. So I can like, it's
1: a bit late now, but yeah, yeah. sorry, I, yeah. You should, <laughs> you should have messaged me.
0: But um, yeah, so if you do it, if you are on a bit of a slant, which can happen sometimes on a mountain, take your duffel bag, put it under your feet and then yeah. you, you're kind of just propped up by it, yeah. Um, although one time I remember sleeping and I was I was kind of like on a slant that way, yeah. So they erected the tent the wrong way. <laughs> this wasn't on Killy. this was on another trip, and um, I had to like put it next to me just so it would be like rolling over. But um, yeah, no, I I love camping on an expedition, even if it's really really cold.
1: See, I think after Killy, I think I'm gonna be more You're tempted, more of, a, for, more of a tea house girl, tea house. Yeah. yeah, somewhere I can stand up. And, you know yeah
0: just... it does help you know, able <laughs> to stand up um awesome
1: we're incredible though like the 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 campsite and things you know everything as soon as you when we arrived at the next camp everything was like in place the mess tent the water yeah. you know you can't fault it it's just that maybe camping's not really for me
0: no yeah No. well two,
1: two to three days max yeah a with, and then i like a shower
0: <laughs> yeah 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 i mean the thing is so it's funny right because i i'm not i love if i'm going on an expedition i love camping i don't know why but there's something about the coziness
1: okay yeah. of having
0: the tent and all my things together yeah,
1: yeah. and this
0: is my little sanctuary
1: to be fair, I, i've not been to a tea house maybe i'd you know, if I I change my mind, I uh, they're
0: definitely more comfortable than okay. a than a tent. That's Largely because you know you can sit on the bed and put your shoes on rather yeah. than just yeah. kind of like awkwardly <laughs> doing. Yeah. But but back home, I'm not a fan of camping. Mm. You know, going to a festival or something like that. I'm not interested. No, I'll sleep in the back of my van or rent a hotel and just go, <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I'm not a fan of camping in that respect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do love a nice expedition sort yeah. of camping feel. We camped on um, TubeCal, just gone. And we didn't have to because there wasn't many people there. And um, I'm thinking this might be due to the earthquake, putting people off. So if you are planning on going to TubeCal, now's the time to do it because it's such an amazing experience. But the refuge, yeah, if I wanted, I could have my, pro- my own private room in the refuge. It was, it was so easy to do. You just had to go up there and just kind of pay $40 or whatever, and you'd have it. But I was like, no, I'm going to stick with the tent. Even though on the second night it was really cold and I had two hours sleep. I don't know why. I just could not sleep at all.
1: You kind of like that though, don't you? Yeah. I had um, so Not not too many. I I tend, you know, I tend to have slept quite well. But um, there was one or two nights. But I I don't know. I guess because you're on your own and it's like a a big thing, and you you know you're thinking overthinking everything like, yeah. basically. And then I was like, can you just switch off for two minutes? Yeah. But.
0: Yeah. I think on I don't know what it was on TubeCal because it was after the summit. So I'd already done what I'd gone yeah, there to do. Yeah. So I should have well, been... Exa- see, I slept well after. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were like a log. But I thought that's what would have been the case for me. But I got back down. And when I went to bed, I was like lying there. I had a podcast on and I thought maybe I'll turn it off. That didn't work. So I turned mm. it back on again and two hours sleep. So the next day back to Imlil, the first hour, I wasn't really like very cognizant of what was happening. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Strange how that works, the sleep patterns on the hill. But um, so another question from Alison Morgan, who said, random question, our EBC Trek begins on the 5th of October next year. What date would you suggest leaving the UK? Just worried about flight delays and layovers, et cetera. So, yeah, normally we would say you're going to have to leave the UK on the 4th to arrive on the 5th. If you do want to be extra secure in terms of delays, you could leave on the 3rd and have an extra night. Um, so it means you would arrive a day earlier than the trip dictates, so you'd need to cover the cost of an extra night in the hotel. But if you do have a really strange long delay for whatever reason, then, you know, you're not going to be super stressed out. I think it's always important as well to have days at the end of the trip as well, at least yeah. one day. Um, we've seen it happen. So the weather's really unpredictable. I think it's getting more and more unpredictable, probably due to the effects of climate change where you know, winters are getting strangely milder, but spring's getting more wild. And then you have all of a sudden just bad weather that comes out of nowhere and stays for a few days. So it's really important to have dates at the end of the trip as well. Um, personally, I always say two days is great because you come back and you have you know your first day after the trip, you can just shower and eat and have a few drinks. Yeah. The next day, go out and do some celebrating or maybe go to a spa. Sit by the pool, and then you know another day then to do more stuff. So I always think two days is absolutely perfect.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, you had extra days, didn't you?
1: Uh, well, I did the safari. As yeah. Well, but um, yeah, yeah, we we arrived a day well, luckily we arrived a day earlier. Yeah. And then um, yeah, had a couple of extra days then to do the safari and things after.
0: And you saw a lion cub.
1: I did see a lion cub. It was the best. Was it? Yeah, I am like <coughs> the biggest Lion King fan. Yeah. So. I seen um Did you want to
0: go and pick it up?
1: <laughs> seen some warthogs, yeah. seen hyenas, um, lions. It was incredible.
0: Warthog, the one I saw was smaller than I thought they'd be. No, oh, no, this was it wasn't like a big pig like this big.
1: Yeah, the ones I seen were quite. Really, big. this
0: one was quite small. Yeah. Yeah, we also saw a um oh, it's like a little jackal.
1: I didn't see a jackal. Yeah, they're small. Yeah, like Like
0: a fox sort of size.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you see hippos as well?
1: I did see loads of hippos, yeah. Yeah. Quite close to the hippos.
0: Yeah, we saw them, and they just look like rocks in the water.
1: And there's birds stood on them. Yeah,
0: and then all of a sudden, one of them will farty or something like that, (laughs) and that'll give it away that it's not a rock. Did the lion cub be like, did it try and roar or anything? Did you hear it? No, it it was... It was squeaks.
1: It wasn't... The mother was like a little bit further down, but it was on its own, but... the, um, the guide was actually saying that it's quite rare to see them because they tend to hide in yeah. the rocks and things. And apparently she, there's four more. Oh, is four, there? Or oh, there was four in total, sorry. Um, so it, it was... Basically, it was really yeah. lucky that we got to see
0: it. one of them. was really brave and came out mm-hmm. to say hello. Yeah, I bet mm-hmm. if you went over to see it, the mother would have gone mm-hmm. wild. Yes,
1: I wasn't a, I was, <laughs> Yeah, as tempting as it would be.
0: <laughs> did you see yes. elephants as well?
1: Loads of elephants, really. Yeah, absolutely, loads of them. I've um, there was one video, and there's like baby elephants, big elephants, and they're yeah. all just like walking along together. It was incredible, amazing. Yeah,
0: you know, when you were at um, Ngorongoro as well, mm-hmm. did you um, get warned about the birds hmm. because there's a they're, they're called black kites and they will swoop down and steal food out of your hand oh no especially chicken where we got warned about it maybe it was the time of year they were yeah. there but um i was eating chicken with andy <coughs> snatched just out of nowhere crazy so in the end me, me and andy went into the car and had food <laughs> in the car but um the guy the guide was telling us that um there was a russian tourist there on um safari and he put a chicken bone like on his head and just stood there thinking the bird would just snatch the chicken bone but the bird just sort of like practically scalped it and i said what happened he was a end of safari back to the hospital
1: yeah that's definitely not a good
0: idea yeah um michael perryman got my advanced mountaineering consultation at the altitude center today can't wait awesome mate say hello to james as well there um james was actually on the last training weekend you weren't you were not No, you're in tanzania no. yeah but um actually, yeah
1: I'm suffering with the altitude instead
0: <laughs> yeah oh rob rob pomford said we had that in ngorongoro the um it was our guide who had had a mouthful stolen from the bird you were so lucky then because these birds they, they hover around you and the guide was telling me apparently they watch your eyes um and if you sort of look away
1: they're like mine they'll my be like chance. and then in a second
0: <laughs> they'll just come down and snatch whatever food they've got out your hand and um i'll be honest with you a big part of me wanted to just go and put food down and like watch him do it <laughs> but the guy was like absolutely not <laughs> the yeah. last thing they need is encouragement but um yeah
1: it was quite crazy there because you'd see like a lion or something and then you'd drive for five minutes and they're like, and this is the picnic area. So like, oh, well, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not sure about this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Allison's are similar to St. Ives, but yeah, but that's seagulls rather than <laughs> um, red kites, I think, or black kites. Yeah, you are right when you're in Ngorongoro. Apparently they think the animals probably know to leave that area alone because of all the noise and stuff. But yeah, yeah. it's not like there's a fence, is there? It's no. not like Jurassic Park where you think there's a fence safety they, on one side lions on the other
1: and they've got the um the maasai tribe there and they live yeah. here as well and then you see some young well quite young children just walking around with a big stick
0: yeah yeah they all have the sticks yeah,
1: yeah and i'm just it's just so insane
0: one of the thing that's amazing in tanzania if you get the chance is to go to a maasai village yeah did you go with one?
1: Well, there's, they've got the villages inside, I yeah. in in Ngorongoro
0: <laughs> Ngorongoro. Apparently, I, um, I asked where that name comes from. Mm. And apparently it's from, um they used to sort of, you know, the, the Maasais and stuff have their cattle and stuff. Yeah. And it's from the bell that they put oh, around yeah, the yeah. cattle. Yeah. And it's like Ngorongoro Ngorogoro. Apparently that's the, that's the name for the... But, uh, yeah,
1: they're, they're like allowed to live there, aren't they? Because they don't um sort of interfere with the wildlife at all. So yeah, I know. They sort of welcome there because of that yeah
0: well they don't they're they're a sort of nomadic you know they set up here and then they they move around all the time so um it was amazing to see them when we were we stopped in the village um and they were doing like their jumping yeah Yeah, and they were those boys can jump and apparently the guy said um i don't know if he was winding me up but he said yeah the higher you jump you know the more wives you get (laughs) and i and i jumped and i said How would I do? And he said, I'd be lonely, (laughs) you know? (laughs) He said, you'd be lonely, so that was funny. And they did this, um, they they lit the fire, so they do like a ceremony where they light light a fire. But uh, I remember on the way to Ngorongoro, there was um, a big, big bull elephant Mm -hmm. just walking through this sort of Maasai village. And um, just like, not even in the crater this was, just on the way and it's just mad. I was driving along and then all of a sudden the driver goes, elephant, I was like, sorry. (laughs)
1: It was the same. We um on the way to Kilimanjaro um to the Marshall Gate, we seen just a giraffe crossing the road. Yeah, and then obviously the monkeys at the beginning. Yeah, it's it's yeah it, the wildlife is incredible out there. It's just
0: yeah. yeah, it blew my mind. Um, I think there were blue monkeys or something they were yeah. called, and um in the trees on day yeah, one, yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, and our first night in the first camp, they were having a little sort of tiff i think the really monkeys in the trees yeah i i woke up and i was like did anyone ask you the monkeys last night and they yeah. were like yes <laughs>
0: yeah
1: they were yeah they were going mad but damn. Um...
0: So. Yeah, oh, I love the wildlife. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things about a trip is to kind of see what's going on. When we were in Tupacal, um, both times I've done it before, we were in the lodge. Mm-hmm. This is one thing that you miss out on is the noises and the activity at night that goes on in that area.
1: people
0: like to miss out on. Uh, I guess, yeah. <laughs> but I was lying in bed and you could hear this fox, um, like, calling out. It's not a very pleasant noise, really. It's quite frightening. But I remember <laughs> right by my head. I had like some food, mm-hmm. like a pack of crisps. It must have been able to smell it through the tent because I could hear <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 and this kind of <laughs> like scratch why like so I had to whack the tent like that. And then I heard it kind of scarper off. And then it, I didn't even click that I had this, um, it's like it, was my, it was my bag full of my trekking snacks mm-hmm. and it was an open bag of crisps and stuff. And then come back and sniff it around. And I was like, oh, no, oh, that's what it is. So I like, moved it and hid it. And then I looked out then just shone my head torch around and I couldn't see anything, but occasionally you'd flash past like eyes. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, I'll give it a wait before I go to the toilet. think <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> You yeah. know. But um, yeah, awesome. Um, so the question is, I guess, what's what's next? Oh,
1: that is a big question.
0: Something with tea houses.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. It may. It is more than likely. Yeah. Something like maybe. BC. My <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you haven't Um, Everest base camp, maybe with a Gokyo Valley or something. With it. yeah, yeah, I think something like that. Uh, you know, it was, it was incredible. It's just um, yeah, maybe I just like to stand up.
0: Yeah,
1: and especially with the knee issue, it was, it was, it would have been a lot nicer to be able to stand up.
0: Really. But. Yeah. yeah
1: but that is you know that's something that i i was so sure i'd not have no issues there i didn't even take a knee strap with me even though you recommended one i did yeah um but yeah it just came out no way. honestly
0: never trust your knees no never trust them um yeah i i i didn't i bring i always have them with me now but i do try and trek without them yeah because one thing i think was happening was that these um the uh, knee strap was sort of compensating a little yeah, bit yeah. and i wanted to build strength without it
1: yeah
0: um kevin says you crushed it even with the knee issue yeah yeah <laughs>
1: kevin, is that different look, kevin yeah there's two Kevs. there's two Kevs. The yep yeah. um <laughs> and i had like <coughs> some free massages too as rob is saying
0: did you oh right yeah yeah, yeah. i had
1: massage every night and massage in the morning yeah with my knees oh so it must
0: have been hell
1: my, yeah Everyone else was sat around. <laughs> yeah, well, you were having like a nice knee massage. <laughs> yeah. Um...
0: She's done this before, Kev. <laughs> Every trip we go on, there's an issue. No. Oh, my back. Oh, I tell you what, daily, daily.
1: <laughs> Kev was amazing as well because he had um, issues. I think it was with, was it fine, I think, Um, especially after summit night. And yeah, really, the coming down yeah. from summit night was horrendous for him and he did incredibly well
0: well done for battling on Kev. Yeah. i remember jody on a training weekend once demanded um like shiatsu head massages because she was having <laughs> headaches so this is a common theme by the way common theme um yeah sam says stoked about my new down jacket for ebc what did you get sam um you can't leave us hanging mate i need to know what it is um and Andrew Scott, oh, middle-aged Malaysian guy, has just died of altitude sickness on the EBC trek. Mm-hmm. Very experienced trekker. So sad, but just goes to show, shouldn't be complacent. Sorry to change the subject. No, and yeah, you're, da- you're absolutely right. It is incredibly rare, and to die of altitude sickness on the EBC trek, to me, I, I, it, something's gone wrong there in the management of that person's, you know, health because on an EBC trek altitude sickness is a progressive like sort of syndrome of illnesses you know so you don't suddenly you know you're not totally fine and everything's okay and then you wake up and then you've got cerebral edema and you pass away it doesn't happen like that unless there's an underlying health condition that' sort of struck um, you know like you know altitude can put stress on the you know cardiovascular system yeah. if you've got a heart issue that you didn't know about that could happen. But yeah, with our guys, I mean, you would have probably seen it on Killy that, did they do the health check sheets and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, every
1: night, yeah.
0: Yeah, and did they give you yours at the end? No.
1: Actually. I've
0: still got mine. Yeah, where where I was writing down like how I felt and stuff like that. Yeah. I, was, I think it was number one to ten and stuff like that and how you feel.
1: Yeah, yes. There was like a list of um, questions and then the pulse socks was in there and then, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, Sam, what have we got? Oh, Rab Electron Pro. Yeah, really good jacket. Really good jacket. It's the sort of successor to my first ever down jacket I bought for EBC, which was the Rab Infinity Pro Endurance, and they don't make that anymore. And the uh, the Electron is its sort of successor. Uh, Andrew says, "Yeah, my Nepalese guide friend said someone had missed the signs. Yeah, it's always the way. Like, but I don't like that because you know the signs should be obvious." You know that no one who suddenly passes away would have been, you know they would have been walking slowly they would have had headaches they would have had nausea sickness all the sort of classic symptoms of altitude sickness um yeah so you know so i don't like to hear stories like that because it's so very preventable um and sometimes you know the the best option is to turn around and go back um you know in, in terms of the amount of people that we have, we take to ebc and kilimanjaro the amount that turn around is um It's a small percentage, you know, but it does happen. Were you one hundred percent success rate on your trip? Yeah,
1: all ten of us made it to the top.
0: Amazing, amazing! I love it when that happens. When you get like a full group, yeah. Because if you don't get a full group, I I love at least two people, not to do it. Yeah, because I've been the only person the only of a group who doesn't do it, we and did, um, th-
1: we did think yeah, the evertrack two <laughs> exactly yeah, well. the, the,
0: would have been like, yeah, Zach and Jodie would have been like, you know what, not for us. Yeah, but
1: they were like, you can't go now. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, one of you would have had to go. Like, in that situation, we would have ignored the signs <laughs> and just dragged, yeah. dragged one of you up, and then maybe brought you down in one of those metal uh, yeah. metal things. Oh god,
1: yeah, we did see somebody really down on one of those. Yeah yeah
0: no i mean uh, it can't be comfortable i mean it's such an amazing i want to do something um about getting some of those type stretches to morocco okay because they at the minute i haven't seen any in morocco and they would be able to get people down to imlil so much quicker and easier because then at the moment i saw them carrying someone
1: right um
0: and i was i remember thinking i was 12 people there when you only really need two yeah. in one of those yeah, to kind of yeah. because they got breaks on them i think as well some of them do yeah i'm gonna look into this that's gonna be my task but um awesome joe thanks so much for uh sharing your uh kilimanjaro yeah, okay. insights next week we'll get zach on on compare yeah compare the stories uh, but no thank you very much guys <laughs> um yeah um any questions or anything like that that you want to know about from Killy, don't hesitate to drop us a message um i'm gonna stop now because i've just noticed one popped in they always do that as i start the closing I think speech there
1: is one more as well. did i miss one how um john was asking how oh. how it held up on the way down and so i was quite lucky that it, you know my my need sort of i wouldn't say it was 100 healed but it was a lot better um i'd still use the poles it is you know there's some tricky paths coming down there's a big we were talking about earlier a little bit slidey parts yeah, um
0: like the screen so you, and stuff. you
1: really need to be taking it slowly the guides will will literally help you down if if you you know if you need it as well um i know as i was saying earlier kev hurt his leg when he was up on the summit and they you know they did everything they can to help him come down and they, they're incredible with it so if you've got any issues though they they'll 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 sort you out this yeah more.
0: It's not a, you know problem awesome um and reese wellington has said silly question but do you think something like ebc um will be good for someone with chronic headaches to be honest i don't know because it depends on the cause of the headaches i guess and sometimes that stuff they really don't get a definitive answer um, when you go to altitude headaches are common um and most of the time they're due to the difference in pressure so you end up with sort of a pressure headache in the temples um altitude then you know can cause other symptoms that you know result in a headache so to be honest i wouldn't necessarily say it was a bad idea i do know people that have suffered with headaches and things like that like vicky um our dancing yeti um suffers from um headaches and uh, that hasn't stopped her um going out and taking on you know altitude challenges and things like that so i guess one thing i would recommend for you reese is to actually go to the altitude center um we do offer assessments down there with those guys and they're incredibly knowledgeable and they can simulate the altitude so they can put you in the altitude chamber they can give you the equipment um and then we can um assess from there so one thing i always say is i don't like to kind of just take unnecessary and uneducated and unmanaged risks educate yourself as much as you can about altitude go through the altitude center experience and you'll know so much more about whether or not the trip's going to be right for you. So that's what I would go with. Um, awesome. I think that's it. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for joining. Um, we'll be back next week. And um, until then, stay safe. See you soon. Bye. Bye.